everyone. Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And I'm so excited for this episode. I'm so, so, so excited. You're excited because you are a hog of this. I am a hog You're a of hoarder. this? You're a hoarder. It's not You hog hoarding. them all. It's You take them all. Yeah, but then you don't want to share. I am a firm believer in the why choose movement. Why should great. I have to choose? I'll just keep them need, all to myself. But you need to learn how to share because other Listen, people. Listen, I went to kindergarten too. twice. I still didn't learn how to share. Is that is that something to be proud of? I'm just saying. Okay. Well, anyway, so <laughs> on this episode, we're going to be hosting our first ever book boyfriend tour. The I Licked Him First tour kicks off with a list of Becky and I's ultimate book boyfriends. For this year, we included overall book boyfriend from <laughs> any books that we have read. And let me tell you, narrowing it down was very, very, very difficult. Um, but starting next year, it will just be books from over the last two years. Yeah, please and- note. Oh, go ahead. go ahead. Use your please note. Please note, we will be hosting the Girl Crush Tour in early November. So if you have girl crushes that you really want us to pick, send us an email and we might just pick it. Well, and make sure you are following us on social media and checking out our website and newsletter because we will let you know when nominations are open. Those will open in yes. early October. Um, so one of the things I want to caveat that this is our ultimate list of book boyfriends. We decided not to use any that were really traditional published. We kind of featured more indie guys. Mm-hmm. Um, just because Actually, I think all of them are indie. Like the sometimes no, my um no, there's two two or three that are not. I have one that isn't of mine that is not indie published. Okay. Um, I also want to let everyone know that with the launching of this episode, there will be a limited time exclusive. I licked him first book boyfriend tour t-shirt available in our Teespring store. Mm -hmm. So it will go on sale the day this episode drops, which is September the 4th and it will come off sale uh probably december 1st so and then it'll be gone limited time offer Mm -hmm. so if you want to try to claim some of my book boyfriends or some of leah's book boyfriends make sure you um check out our tea tea spring store for our i licked him first book boyfriend tour t-shirt it's gonna be so fun i can't wait to see it it's gonna be so awesome. Um, okay. So overall, when we talk book boyfriends, yeah. What makes a character? Because we've talked book boyfriends before in past episodes, but let's just kind of retalk about this. What do we want in a book boyfriend? Is this a guy that is just the best character, or is these are these qualities that we like to see in like our human companions? Like what makes a book? Well, let me, let me start with that one. So let me just preface 
my book boyfriends are typically very different from my actual husband. Um, so what I look for in a book boyfriend is not necessarily what I strive for in real life. Mine is the opposite. Like I was going through this for my book boyfriend and a lot of these characteristics that stand out are some of the best qualities Mike Furrier has. I wouldn't say that Mike Francis doesn't have any of these qualities, but there are some qualities that I enjoy that he does not have. <laughs> but it's typically the, like, the alpha jerkiness that sometimes come out and not jerkiness in a bad way, but like they're, I'd say four out of my, uh, no, I guess not. I only have like two or three that are like intensely alpha on this list. Um, so here's another question. Okay. Can you love a hero in a book, but they don't necessarily become a book boyfriend? Yes. 100%. Because there is just something about these characters that become book boyfriends that are a step above, like, there are tons of books that I, I enjoy. I like the characters are strong. The, um, the way in which they interact with their heroine is organic and natural, but there's just something about them that doesn't stand out. It's not that they were written poorly or anything like that. Cause there are like shelves of books behind me that I love, but not every hero is a book boyfriend because maybe they're maybe they did something really stupid and never redeemed themselves in a way that I thought made sense or I didn't think it was enough or what they did would like ruin them for me yeah or it might be a case where I really didn't like the character for 60 70 percent of the book and then they turned around <coughs> excuse me but I didn't like them for the longest time. And I personally, like every single book boyfriend I have, I like them throughout the entire book. Maybe I don't agree with some of the stuff they did. And I think they like made wrong choices, but there's never a moment where I'm like, I hate this character. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, for me, just because I really like a hero or I connect with a hero, or I really like their story, that doesn't necessarily push them over to the book boyfriend Nonaker. That mm -hmm. has to come because there has to be something, in my opinion, that is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Either in their care, in their flirting, in their, you know, decisions or choices they make in relation to the heroine that causes me to be like, oh yeah, okay, he's next level. I think a big part of it though too is like the connection with the heroine and how they treat their relationship. Like, cause you come across heroes every once in a while who they make decisions for the heroine and it makes sense, but they change things about them and not, not in a bad way, but it's one of the things that I really like is 
for a book boyfriend is when I get a hero who sees his flaws in this heroine and he doesn't try to fix them, but he guides her. So she sees like what's wrong or what she's doing wrong or why what she's feeling is valid, but maybe not the right thing. And he allows her to fix the issue or allows her to see, I don't have to have this way of thinking, <laughs> excuse me. Um, but he, he doesn't bulldoze, like he allows her to make those changes on her own and he supports decisions that she makes. I agree. I do think that that's a key piece in a book boyfriend. That separation is his communication, his -hmm. interactions with the heroine. You know, there is a hero that we often who drives me crazy. He to this day, I read the book two years ago. I want to punch him in the face like I hate him. Yeah. And his heroine was amazing. And for the most part, the relationship was really good. And he makes some, but he makes some choices that it's like, I don't think he's good enough for her. And he Mm -hmm. doesn't do anything to redeem himself to her. So like one of my heroes, he kind of also makes a stupid mistake. um, Isn't so great with the communication. But what he does at that next level to Mm -hmm. his grand gesture his moment when he had his thoughts he was like oh wait 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 self-realization that i was a dumbass and also i now need to be better Mm -hmm. and that's why he got tipped over um for me yeah i think i think that's a big part of it is if there's a third act breakup, because not every book has a third act breakups or a third act like event that like there has to be a grand gesture. But if there is that, like, what is it and how do they correct it makes a big like factor in whether or not they tip the book boyfriend scale for sure. Okay. Can any type of hero be a book boyfriend yes just yes. do you agree just yes well because um, honestly <laughs> i so i personally we all know i struggle with the beta hero and the cinnamon roll hero but you can't tell me you haven't come across a beta hero or a cinnamon roll hero that really touches your heart in a way that you weren't expecting you can't tell me there's not a, there's not one. Well, I guess technically the two two of my heroes are cinnamon rolls. Uh-huh. Exactly. But I struggle with them. But there's something extraordinary about these two that pushes them over the edge. Exactly. So I guess it fine, is- yes. Whatever. I don't know. I don't love a cinnamon saying- roll. I like a crunchy roll. I know you do. And I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that it isn't hard for certain types of heroes to be book boyfriends, but it is possible. I guess it's possible. Well, because you figure like the anti-hero, like the alpha hero, like sometimes they're a hard sell and a hard like, but there's like, there are a couple that stand out in my mind that are like, 
there's just a couple things that they did that make that take them to that next level. I agree. Okay. Now you agree because I am right. Okay. Um, I also meant to just mention. Just her eyes hard at me, people. Hard. I also meant to mention, but at the beginning of this, this episode, this episode is dedicated <laughs> to podcast contributor Lindsay. It is. This whole idea, the ba- the T-shirt, everything, is because of Lindsay. And Lindsay, we say thank you. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> so in this episode, we are going to provide you with our top seven ultimate book because Becky is boyfriend. <clears throat> Just throwing that out there. After we list our two episodes, or our after we list our seven top picks, we also asked the community to nominate and vote. There were almost, I think there were 60 books nominated, book boyfriends nominated. Yeah, it was in the 60, first round. 60 to 70. Like it was a lot of books. In that <clears throat> first round. Yeah, there was. But I will say too, in the first round, well, even in like the the second round that people were voting for there is a wide variety of authors and a wide variety of types of heroes and i thought that was very fun yeah we saw a big variety of heroes so yeah i think that there were like 60 to 70 nominated then we Mm -hmm. went to round two for the community and they voted out of the Um, ones nominated yeah they voted off the top 10 of the 60 and then in the final round, the top 10 were voted on. And that winner will be our 15th book boyfriend featured on our I Licked Him First book boyfriend tour mm-hmm. t-shirt. So I'm excited to share that with you. Um, I think we're just going to go back and forth with our list. But these are Sounds not. Good. Are we They're doing not these- in any specific order? Like, do you want my to save my ultimate for last? Like, do you no, want us to I do that? No, I honestly can't pick that. Okay, because we all know who my number one guy is. You can, we can, we can no, do okay. it though. Like, out of this list, I can save my best for last. If you, I don't care. Just do it. We'll however just go back you and want. forth. Okay, so am I going first? Yes. Okay. First up will be Beckett Easton, Hidden Waters by Catherine Cowell. So sweaty. This is from her Tattered and Torn series. He is a doctor. This is um, this is small town perfection. And I think what I love is Beckett comes home to his small town after living his life in the world as a doctor, um, providing medical care to poor uh third world countries and regions but he comes home with his own baggage and his own damage and with beckett returning he becomes roommates with Addie at his brother's mm-hmm. place and <clears throat> realizing that Addie is skittish and has her own uh tragic backstory he is so cautious and careful And he's just thoughtful in a quiet and gentle way. He never step, 
he would he steps in front of her, but he never stops her from pursuing her own way. Like she's determined to be uh, self-reliant and to walk everywhere, to ride her bike everywhere when he easily could provide her with a ride or buy her a car. But he doesn't. He wants to. He wants to. It goes against everything. He wants to so bad. But he understands that she needs that. And that is one thing that I love about him. He just, and his protectiveness is protectiveness. It's more like a safe place to fall. And that is something I am finding that I really like in a hero. When he becomes that soft landing. So he's protective of her, but he's not stunting her or trying to be in control. He allow, he just is there for when she's going to need him. So that is Beckett Easton from Hidden Waters by Catherine Cowles. Okay. Who you got for us? Um, okay. So first off, I am going to do Matthew Wolf Steele. From Protecting Caroline. This is book one in her Seal of Protection series. Um, this is actually the very first book of hers that I ever read, and it sent me down a deep, deep rabbit hole. Um, so Matthew is a Navy SEAL, so he has those alpha tendencies. He is this guy who has kind of gotten tired of the one night stands of seal life and he is he's almost frustrated with where he's at in his personal life but at the same time like he doesn't know what to do because life with him would not be easy and he's never found a woman that is he thinks would be enough for him but so he meets caroline on an airplane and she is a chemist and her drink smells funny, which Susan has some wild like tales in her books, but she researches and looks everything up and finds these things. So it's probably something actually happened somewhere. Um, but so Caroline is this extremely strong, like independent woman. And she's just what Matthew needs. Like he allows her to be strong. He stands beside her. He protects her. You fall, like I fell in love with him in this book, but honestly, the one thing with him is you fall in love with him even more like throughout this series and the snippets you get with their relationship as the series progresses. <clears throat> that being said, he does make some stupid choices and you do want to dick punch him a little bit. But his teammates, like, they talk him down. Like, they say, like, you are being stupid. This is the one woman who is capable and able to stand beside you in a way <coughs> that you need and you want. And so he, he sees, like, these being stupid. Because that is the type of per, like person that he needs. Like he is sweet with her where he's not really sweet with many people. And he, it's just, there's just something about his character arc that I, I just really, really love. Okay. <coughs> oh, excuse me. 
Okay, so that was Protecting Caroline by Susan Stoker. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up for me is Jesse from We're Made of Moments by Molly McLean. Mm-hmm. I have been going on and on about this book. On <laughs> like and on. 18 and months. On. Mm-hmm. I love him. He is such a good dad. Um, family is everything for him. And one of the things that I like about this, so this is a second chance romance, and we all know I'm very hard and very picky on those. And in his situation, he had a summer fling with the heroine and um, resulted in a pregnancy. But before she found out she was pregnant, she actually re- um, reconnected or reunified with her ex-boyfriend that she had been broken up with, which resulted in her going and having the summer fling. And so even though she's with another man, Jesse goes out of way out of his way to be her friend and to be not just present in a dad for his son, but also to be there when she needs someone. And I just think it shows what a stand-up guy he is. He also is one of the most pining heroes we have read in this in this podcast. Like he pines for her. Like mm-hmm. hard. So much pine, it's like a forest he pines. <laughs> um but I just, I mean, I just think he's such a good guy. He is just so, so thoughtful and caring in his words. I also like that he challenges her when it comes time for her to make a decision where she's at and if she's with him wholeheartedly or if she's got one foot out the door. He challenges her without an ultimatum. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He says, hey, either you are with us or with me or you're not. But you make this choice. I'm not going to force it on you. Um, And it doesn't make it easy for her, but she needed it to not be easy. Okay. So that's We're Made of Moments by Molly McLean. Okay. My number two is Nick Acevedo from The Spire by Kate Canterbury. It is book six in her Walsh series. Nick is the best friend of Aaron's brothers, Aaron's brother, Matt. Um, they first meet at Matt's wedding. So Nick has been friends with the, the family for years, but Aaron has been traveling for work and for school and doesn't come home. And it's been nine years or no, it's been like seven, seven or eight years. And so like she's gone. So he has been around, but they have never met and he meets her and he is infatuated from the moment that he sees her. He's like, this is like the woman for me. Like he sees her, he is all in, he is done. And they, they get married on a boat. <laughs> it's not technically legal because there's no paperwork that goes with it, but they, they don't care. And so throughout the book, as you read it, it's their journey. I mean, she is still traveling and out of the country and he is 
in Boston working. So most of their relationship throughout like this book is separate, but there's such a story of healing in this book. And Nick is so patient with Aaron and because he understands her need to run away and be separated from the family. And as she opens up and lets him in about some of the the issues that she has and the decisions that she's made and the therapy that she has went through, like he, he supports that decision until he reaches a point where he needs more. Like he recognizes that this is what she has needed, but she needs to come home to, to complete her healing journey. And he gets to a point where he pushes, like he starts to push because he knows that like her family is not pushing anymore. They kind of let her guide their connections and she has pretty much tapped out of the family and he pushes and he's like, you, you need to make this step. Like you need to come home. Like you need to be the one that makes the first step. And she, she shuts down a little bit, but then she recognizes like, he is right. Like I do need to do this. Like maybe things are, will be different. And it's not simple for her and it's not easy for her to make those decisions, but Nick is there for her and is like right there to like protect her. And if he needs to step in, like he has no, no qualms about stepping in and putting her family in their place and being open with them about how they need to recognize that she is not the same troubled, lost little girl, teenager who is acting out and making terrible decisions. Like she has grown, she has changed. And I just love that about him, that he is so willing to, to go to bat for her. And he has spent so much time nurturing their relationship in this separation. And it's just, he's swoony and loving. But yeah, Nick. Nick. Okay, so next up for me is Watch Me by Stacey Kennedy. Uh, The hero's name is Reese. And he is wealthy New York billionaire. Is this your rice book? This is my rice book. Okay. Um, Healthy, or healthy, wealthy New York billionaire who owns a super secret underground sex club. I mean, who doesn't like a super secret underground sex club? Right. Um, But what makes him a book boyfriend is his treatment of his heroine, Zoe. So their meet cute is when he takes her virginity in the middle of a sex scene at the sex club. Nice. Right? Right? Um, And what this is, is this was part of Zoe's plan for revenge not against reese she found out that a boy a man a college fellow college student who had date raped her and then took pictures and plastered them all over the internet or no he had not date raped because she's a virgin 
he got her drunk and took pictures of her and plastered them all over the campus and the internet. She found out he was a member of this sex club. So, and he had made it sound like he had sex with her, but she just wasn't a good lay. And so in order to kind of stick it to him, she and her friends infiltrate the super secret sex club. And it's a voyeur club, so it's about the scene and being watched. And she uh, is in a scene with Reese where he is going to take her virginity in front of the club. And when he does it, she looks over and finds the guy and looks him straight in the eye as if to say, you didn't do what you thought you did. And she's um, a badass. She is kind of a badass. So, uh, but there's healing that Zoe has to do. And Reese knows that what is his kinks and his lifestyle can be a little much. And he feels this need to protect her and to keep her safe. But there's also this intimacy that he has with her, not just because he took her virginity, but because on another level, they connect because of some of the own, his own things happening in his world. And um, he is an alpha who is smart. He reads a room. He reads the body language. He can see that she likes certain things. Like she likes to be watched, but not necessarily on a grand spotlight kind of scale. So he arranges opportunities for them to be together where she can be seen without being seen. Um, and there's this whole sexy scene, like at a house sex party in the woods. I mean, just at a house sex party in the woods. Yeah, like it's this house in the woods, and there's a sex party, and they then have sex outside. It's so fucking hot. Um, anyway, he also becomes her safe place to fall. So, anyway, that's Watch Me by Stacey Kennedy. I have not read that. I'm gonna have to read that. It's so good. Sounds delightful. I mean, who doesn't love a secret sex club, right? I mean, this is true. Okay. okay. Um, Who's your next book? My next book is going to be... Oh, that was loud. Um, Wicked Whiskey Love by Melissa Foster. It is Wayne Bones Whiskey. Um, it is book four in the whiskeys dark nights at peaceful harbor series so bones is a doctor and he is not like and he belongs to the mc but this is if you've read this book like you know that this is these are not your typical mc like they're do-gooders they protect um women who have been hurt they are they're just protectors at their like core and Bones is the same. Like he meets Sarah who is pregnant and has two little kids. And he basically decides like they are his. They are what he wants. He is going to break down her walls. He is going to protect her. He is going to do everything that he can to make her fall in love with him. He is the sweetest guy when it comes to her kids like he treats them so well like he is kind and thoughtful and every decision that he makes is made with her in mind and 
she is. She had a bad um, upbringing and was not in a safe space in the relationship with the guy who fathered her children. And so she isn't sure that she can trust him or that she wants to trust him, but he, he keeps showing up. He keeps doing everything that he possibly can to show that he is not that type of person. He is not going to, to make the decisions in anger that the people in her past have made. Like he is not going to use her insecurities and her past as a weapon against her. He is <laughs> just all in in all aspects and really does everything he can to show her that he and his family are truly good people and there are good people out there like yes she has had a bad run of luck but at the same time like she is strong because she made the decisions to get out she's strong because she did what she had to do to protect her kids like he shows her that she has an inner strength that she didn't ever know she had like she basically lived to survive for the longest time and he opens her eyes to the fact that like she doesn't have to just live to survive. Like she can live, like she can have a life, she can have fulfillment. And he, he allows her to stand on her own, but he wants to be there while she does it. And he does everything he can to prove that to her. And I think that's just, it just, he's just so swoony and he's a cinnamon roll because he's, <laughs> a dirty talking MC guy who snuggles her babies and you, know, you just love it so much. Okay. So next for me is Gage by Sawyer Bennett. The hero's name is Gage Haywood. Um, and I would also like to state for Carolina and Heather who are now listening that permission was granted to me by Sawyer that he is mine. So I have an email to prove it. Um, <laughs> one of the things I loved about this character was um, his honesty, his forthrightness. Like when, so for him, his heroine's name is Jenna. Jenna has scarring from a fire. She's burned. And instead of just beating around the bush when he finds out she doesn't like him because she thinks he looked too long at her scars. He just confronts it head on. He just is like, listen, let's get this out in the open. Let's just be honest. I wasn't looking at that. I was trying not to look at your boobs. It was just, he was attracted to her from instant. And so it wasn't the scars that he was trying, that he was staring at. It was just her as a person and just her um, delightful rack. Yeah. He also, again, is, um, he doesn't push Jenna. You know, she's been harmed and she has her own scars and her own problems, but he 
she enters the world cautiously and carefully. And while he respects that and he does take her at her pace, he has a way of challenging her and trying to push her boundaries. And in this instant, it was done with such care and such thoughtfulness that it felt right. Like she is a heroine needed to be pushed. I also like just what a cheerleader he is. Like he's just the, like not just for the team, but for his family. And he uses the story about, you know, filling everyone's bucket with your own and refilling your bucket with other people's joy. And he just such a good guy. I really, really loved Gage. He, I think even more so than my ultimate book boyfriend, he is such the epitome of the best guy, like the goodest, goodest guy. So anyway, that's Gage. Uh, what's next for you? Okay. So next for me is Soren Christopher Traeger Rudolph from Not Your Average Vixen by Krista Sandor. Now this hero is the perfect example of a hero that you're not sure you're going to like by the end of the book. Because when you first meet Soren, he is a character that is kind of brash. He is grumpy. He is kind of a dick. He is worried about business and he keeps his relationships clean, cut, and distant. He has... Also a dirty dog. He is kind of a dirty dog. He is kind of cold and callous and it's like all about business and the bottom line and how he can make money. But then he meets Bridget Dasher and life as he knew it is never the same. But he the buys her really, funnel cake. He does. Well, his, she stole the funnel cake. And she stole the funnel cake <laughs> and he had to pay for it. And then she hugs it. And there's a whole thing with the funnel cake. And if you haven't read this book, like honestly, that scene in itself is worth a read um but he he is but it's one of those things that I love about this book and Krista wrote him so well because he's a character that you do not like for a good like 30 to 40 percent and then he does yeah. things and he he turns it around but then he does something really dumb and you want to hate him again but then his like moment, his grand gesture is swoony and sweet and lovely. And, and then you just love him even more. And so it is a testament to Krista's writing that this is a character that you don't know if you're going to like by the end of the book, but you do because you, you see how damaged he really was by his past and how he really kind of just had blinders on when it comes to the relationships and the people around him. And these are people that throw hard truths at him and knock him down a lot of pegs. And it is, but with Bridget, (laughs) he's so different. It's like this whole other element of his personality that he is never allowed to come out. And he shows her the sweet because he is, he's a grumpy asshole but he shows her the sweet and he shows her these moments of vulnerability 
that he doesn't expect to ever come out in context with a female. Like he, he never wanted those pieces to come out, but there are things that happen and he, like, he is right there beside her, helping her, whether he wants to or not, sometimes begrudgingly, but he does it and he, he doesn't recognize why he is doing it as he is doing it. Other than the fact that like, she's making me do this, but he wants to do it at the same time. I also think one of the things about him that's unique is in the beginning of the book, he's a taker and she's a giver. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the book, she's she's learned to take a little. And he helped her realize that because he's mm-hmm. now giving. Mm-hmm. So I think that 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 ends that creates some extra points for him in that, too. It does. But like I said, it's one of those books where you go into it, not really liking him and you're like, where is this going? But then he becomes this like really swoony guy who, who makes all the right steps. Um, so the next guy on my list is Dr. Heartless Mm. Landon Abbott Fritz by Jay Salmon. And I think so he is my ha- favorite hero on that whole series. I have now read all five brothers books and he wins. He wins. He wins. He wins of all her heroes. He wins for me. And there's a really? couple. Does he win? He wins. <laughs> there's a couple reasons for this. One of the reasons I think is because as a character in the book, he shows the most growth out of any of the characters of any of my book boyfriends. Like he really has a journey from the beginning of his book to the end of his book and his, and you just see him blossom into this whole person that you knew he was capable of being. And because Mm -hmm. of that, he gets all the love and all the points. Um, Landon is a single dad and a widower. And his wife died in a tragic car accident that he has held responsibility for, even though he had nothing to do with it. It was a rainy night. She was in an accident. It happens. Um, But he experienced such a level of heartache. He never saw himself loving again. Well, and but with him, like he had such a big love for her that it it really damaged him a lot. So he had a a long way to go and there's such he wants to be needed and he wants to care for others i mean he's a doctor um but he hasn't quite figured out how to do that for himself and by the end of the book he allows l his heroine to come in and help fulfill his needs and to care for him and it was just such a great story i think part of that story though is the fact that l kind of bulldozes and and well, like, but she herself, but she, she, she does, but she doesn't allow him to, to wallow anymore. Like she makes him recognize like the fact that he's stunted himself. Like she makes him recognize that the feelings that he's having for her are real and valid and it's okay to move on. Yeah. Okay. Who do you got ne- up next? Um, 
up next, I have um, Vander Norcross from Anna Hackett's Norcross series. He's book six. It is called The Power Broker. His heroine is Bryn Sullivan. So Vander is a character that you meet from book one. He is the owner of Norcross Security. He is this intense, closed-off guy who holds so much grief and holds so much inside and it's a running thing in his book about how he was always a really serious kid like he was intense even as a kid but he was in the service and ghost ops and he came back really closed off and damaged and he doesn't feel like he is worthy of a relationship and he doesn't feel that there's anybody that can lighten his soul. And he feels like what he's seen and what he has done has created this darkness more so that he like already had a little bit of, because again, he was like a really serious like kid, but he, he wants it at the same time, but he's, he's so afraid to make that step. And that is one of the things that kind of plays out in the beginning of this book is how he meets Bryn. She is a detective. She is going undercover in a, um, like in a, on a case and he is not okay with it. He does not think that she should be doing it. Not because she's a woman, but because this MC is not good. And she, but she, she does not allow him to bully her. He, she does not allow him to talk her out of anything. Like she is an extremely strong character. And I think if she was any different than it wouldn't have made sense because in the first chapter of this book, it talks about how when they first meet, she looks him in the eye and he's like, I've never noticed how many people don't actually do that because his name is synonymous in the town, in the city where he is, he's in charge. Like he is a dangerous guy. He is not somebody you want to cross. Like he, he keeps order in San Francisco and he, but with Bryn, he softens. Like he has those moments of softness. He has those moments where she is his other half of his soul who truly like completes him in a way that he never anticipated or expected. And he pushes back so hard because he does not think that he is worthy and deserving of that completeness and of that. But as the book progresses, she's like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to be together. And you, you don't really have a say in like, there's a moment at the end where something happens and she calls him a coward because he is unwilling to, to open up and take that step. And she's like, maybe you aren't the kind of guy that I thought you were. And he gets real annoyed because he's like, if you would just let me talk, I could tell you what I want. But it's one of those things where he, he's hard and he is, closed off but when it comes to his like when it comes to his family and it comes to her like he loves extremely hard and will burn 
the world to the ground to protect the people that he loves. Okay. Um, okay, so we got two left. Um, we do. My next one is Theo Wynn. He is the hero from Play to Win by Kelly Jameson. Um, this is an instant connection romance. This is a wake up married in Vegas romance. And Theo is nerdy, almost compulsively neat and tidy. They are complete opposites. Like there is a scene where she has to pack her suitcase because they're leaving Vegas to go home to go to his new job in California where he's moving. And she's just shoving stuff in her bag. And he is trying not to freak out because she's like, yeah, I can't shut this. Will you sit on it? And he's like, <laughs> if you folded things, it would take up less space. And she's like, it's the same amount of clothes. It doesn't matter. And he is like trying so hard to not take over um the other thing i love about him is he does not wear socks Ew. ever i never wear socks i don't know even in the snow i don't anymore. wear socks that's so gross you don't wear socks in your tennies no never why socks that's socks so are weird. weird i don't know if we can be friends anymore socks are ridiculous i hate socks i hate socks i hate matching socks i hate my children's socks i do not wear socks I don't like to match them. That's a, that is a lesson in like patience right there, but how can you not wear socks? I will. If it's like really cold outside and I have to wear Do my you snow put boots. your snow boots on without no. socks. For the most part, I will put socks on when I wear my snow boots, but other than that, no. So he does not wear socks. It's this whole thing. I just love it. But what wins for me is he's stupid. Like he makes some stupid <laughs> mistakes. He is stupid. But what wins for me is, so she, her brother is indebted to the mob and she's kind of running from the mob. And that's why they go to California to solve some problems for her. And she has to leave. They're trying to leave her apartment. They notice the enforcers for the mob are there and she has to run. And she has to leave this stuffed penguin that she has that was given to her as a child from her mother. And her mother has passed away. And he gift he used to play for the Pittsburgh Penguins and he gifts her a penguin that was his from his playing days that had some sentimental value to it. And he gifts it to her because he knows how lost she is without hers. And it's just such sweet little moments that win it for me with him. Like he just, he does, he wants to come home from work and not have friends over, but she likes to socialize and have people around. So instead of just pouting in his room, he joins in. He brings pizza home. He, you know, makes sure she has these opportunities. Um, but yeah. And his grand gesture when they have their third up breakup, He's he wins. A dumbass. He was a dumbass. He thought that because their marriage was just supposed to be like of convenience and only for a short amount of time. But then he started to realize he was falling in love with her. And he didn't know if he was allowed to. So instead of communicating it, he just went silent because he internalizes a lot of things. And that's just who he is. I mean, like the guy is chewing Tums like they're candy. And but he shows up on her doorstep. She doesn't go to him. He goes to her and he says, well, I want this marriage to be real. He should go to her doorstep. Yeah. 
Anyway, so play to win by Kelly Jameson. Theo win. He wins because he doesn't wear socks. I just, I can't even, I can't even handle that. <clears throat> he doesn't okay, wear Leah. socks in his skates? Well, I'm sure he does in his skates. It's part of a uniform. But in everything else, like even with suits, he doesn't wear socks. Okay, let's move off the socks. Like I'm stuck on the socks. Okay, so my next one is Easton Connor from If It's Only Love by Lexi Ryan. It's a good thing we couldn't have 10. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, so this is book six of The Boys of Jackson Harbor. It is Shaylee Jackson, the lone woman of the Jackson children. So let's Easton. Oh, hot damn. This guy pines. He is a piner. Yeah, but he made stupid mistakes early on. Oh, he makes some really bad choices and really bad mistakes, but he pines. And honestly, like he deserves to pine because of what he did. Not once, but twice. Like he deserves the pine, but Shay does not pine. I mean, she does. But she does not wait because she is done. She has decided, like, after the last time he broke her heart, like, she is done waiting for him to see that they are supposed to be together. She is done with Easton Connor. But he, so he is retiring from the NFL and he is moving home to Jackson Harbor and he decides, like, he is done pining and he is making his move. He is making like, he is going to be a family with her and his daughter. And he, he's gonna, he find, <laughs> he truly recognizes that the choices that he made while at the time that he made them, he thought they were the best decisions. He recognizes that he made giant mistakes. He recognizes that he fucked up and he fucked up bad with her And he realizes that it's going to be an uphill battle, like up the mountain, not even up a hill, an up the mountain battle, because she, she truly has shut him out and shut him down in a way that he never anticipated or expected. But she, she is this strong, independent woman who is so emotionally guarded because of things that have happened and because of him that she she doesn't really want to open up and be pursued by him again or ever and (laughs) she's kind of facing some life choices too and a circumstance, and I don't want to spoil that because I want people to read that book, particularly that book, read that book. Um, yeah. He ex- can, while I do not condone it. this behavior, you may machete the series. He, he steps up in a way that I think gives him the next level. He does. And I think part of it, though, is he kind of finally recognizes that she supported him in his decisions. Like, yes, like he made really stupid choices, but she supported the decisions that he made, whether or not she wanted to or not. Like she took herself out of the equation, like when she needed to, whether or not like people recommended that to her, like she was going to do it anyway, because she, she wants the best for him 
and even heartbroken. Like she always wanted him to live his best life and to, to be successful. And I don't think, I think the biggest, the only thing I kind of dislike about him is the fact that he doesn't recognize like that she, that he didn't want that for her. Like her and him together would have been the best for both of them. Like she would not have allowed that to, to stunt her growth. Like she would not have allowed them being together to to keep her from reaching her dreams. And I think the biggest thing with him is he didn't recognize her strength when they were younger because he was so caught up in the ideals of what should be happening and how things should be. And hence the dumbass choices that he makes, which there are some extenuating circumstances that create those choices. And as you read the book, like you understand it, you get why he makes the decisions that he does. But at the same time, like you're like, you need to recognize her strength. You need to recognize the fact that she was capable of handling that. You didn't make need to make the step that you did. You could have had her beside you instead of throwing her out. And she would have made the entire situation better for you. But anyway, he pines and we love a pining hero. And this is such a good book. And he is enveloped in this family in a way that he needed and recognized that he needed. But Easton Connor, if it's only love, read it. So good. Becky got me to read it. And I'm not sad that I did. Okay. So my number one ultimate book boyfriend I'm going to pause now for everyone to guess who it might be. Okay. If you honestly, if you have ever listened to the podcast, you should know who Becky is picking. So my number one (laughs) all-time book boyfriend, I will love him more than I love anyone else in the world. No one can beat him at this point. I have. But what are you going to do next year when you can't pick him? He will still be there. He will always have a place as my number one. Um, My number one is Aaron Wilde from wild by sawyer bennett it is book five or six in the arizona vengeance series i can't remember what his hero in name is clark and what i love is he pursues her she has no idea who he is does not and then is like anti his stardom like she wants nothing to do with his stardom and um I re-listened to this as the audiobook, so special shout out to Teddy Hamilton for totally rocking this. And I think Callie Dalton does the uh does Clark's side. Such a great audiobook. Highly recommend. Um, but he pursues her. He reads, like he quotes Catcher and the Rye to her to beat her her, her own game because she takes him as a dumb jock. And he's like, I'm not so dumb. And he's not dumb. Um, But what really puts him over the edge, and as I re-listened, I remembered why I love that it's C.J. Bloom, not Kelly Dalton. I'm sorry. It's C.J. Bloom that narrates this with Teddy. I think what puts him over the top is what a solid friend and teammate he is. He is. So if you haven't read this book, this is the book in which Baden is attacked 
and also um tacker is just turning his life around and coming out of his own grief and Aaron, even through all of Tacker's grief. Yeah, because this one's right right after Tacker, right? It is. And uh, no, it's right after Dominic. Because I think it goes Tacker, then Dominic. Mm, Okay. And then Wild. Um, The other piece of this one is that Tacker and Wild were teammates when Tacker lost his first fiance in the plane crash. And even when Tacker was pushing him away and at his lowest and drinking and, you know, giving up on himself, Aaron never gave up on him. He continued to try and be his friend and help him. And he showed up like whether Tacker wanted him to or not, he showed up. He did. And there's another character, Rafe, who has a novella in the 1001 Nights Mm-hmm. And uh, Rafe leaves the Arizona uh, team and goes back to the Cold Fury. In a, and there's some grief that Rafe has to deal with, with his dad dying of cancer. And Aaron himself has to deal with some grief because his dad had died of cancer years before. And it's just that he's such a solid friend, a solid teammate. He's your go-to guy. And he makes some swoony gestures to Clark. I just, I adore him. I've rambled about him enough. Um, Wild by Sawyer Bennett. Number but one. But then when you read ever. Griggs and you find out how he proposes. He just wins all over again. He does. And I think Becky talked about that scene for like two weeks. I still talk about that scene. No, but like two weeks straight. Like almost every time I talk to you, like, I mean, that book in itself, we talked about a lot. Well, even the plot of book I'm doing with Sawyer over on TikTok, like I have have manipulated (laughs) that enough that the novella we're writing on TikTok is going to take place in the 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 vengeance. No, in the vengeance universe. And Aaron might have something to do with that book because I just need more of him. Talk about him. taking over there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's my influence. <laughs> okay, who's your number one, Leah? And I have other things I want to talk about, and we still have to name our community winner. So, okay, come on. Um, okay, so my number one, and I don't think anybody will be surprised by this, is Zane Lewis from Recovering Ivy by Riley Edwards. It is book four in the Red Team series. Doesn't His everybody heroine. love him? Yes, it is a toss-up between Zane and Jasper, who are the ultimate book boyfriends in the Riley Edwards world, but because both of them are super dy- dynamic. But so Zane's heroine is Ivy Matthews. <coughs> she is in the best situation but this they have a one night stand and he gets pissed off because she leaves like he wakes up and she is gone and how dare she leave because he is the one that kicks people out and he broods for like three days about it i don't think it's that long but he broods and he is grumpy because she left and he well excuse me but Zane is this character who again like he holds so much in and he led like he was in special forces and he is 
the owner of the company and he holds every death, every injury, every bad thing that happens to anybody who is underneath him or he worked with, like he holds that, like those failures as he calls them so close to the vest. And he feels like he is this tainted person because he is not able to keep every buddy alive. And there's so many moments in this book where he, he's such a hard ass and he is like, it's his way or the highway. Like he, he doesn't care. Like he is a dick. He says what he wants. Like he has no qualms about like telling people they're being stupid, but he gets all bent out of shape when people do it, throw it back. But Ivy is this woman who she has no issue telling him he's being an asshole. She has no issue calling him out on his dickishness. She has no issue showing him that he is human. He is going to make mistakes. The things that have happened to the people that he has worked with are not his fault. Like he is not God. He cannot create this perfect environment where the bad guys go away and the good guys always win. Ivy sets him straight and shows him that he is, he is flawed, but he is not responsible, but he he loves so hard because his team is everything to him. His brother is everything to him. And he has come from a world where he, he was nothing. Like he, they lived in a, they were poor. They did not have money, but he has made something great. And he has, he has made it like he he has dimples people. And when the dimples come out, people stop and they look, they pay attention. Oh, they pay attention when the dimples come out. But Zane is just this, he's this enigma almost because he is this intense character who, who just loves so hard and isn't just so strong and focused and determined that he, he wants the world to, to bow (laughs) to the good. Like it's not even him just to the good, but I just, I love him and he is (laughs) ridiculously funny. And there's little like snippets of condom jokes because his team, they drop like flies and they have a condom fund, the prophylactic fund. Because every time they go on a new mission, somebody's hooking up. He's like, don't forget the condoms. But there's a lot of like silly condom jokes too. And it's just okay. Like he is, he's funny, but intense. And I just love him so much. Okay. Okay. So that completes our list of our top seven book boyfriends for the first ever again, I Tim first. It was really freaking first. hard to only pick seven. It is. It is. Um, so now we need to announce the community winner. Yes. And it's very interesting because this was a book. This was like the only book of all the books nominated that neither one of us had read. It's true. I had read actually seven out of the 10. So I was, I was pretty set that 
I was going to know, but I was pleasantly surprised with this choice. I was too. Um, So the community winner was Ruthless Stranger by Maggie Cole. Now, I have now read the book. Mm -hmm. And Maxim is the hero. And first of all, the way these two meet is hot, hot, hot. They are both in Vegas for different reasons. He's there for his brother's bachelor party. She is there um, to celebrate her divorce. Her friends have taken her to celebrate her divorce. And um, he hears her talking about not really wanting a hookup because she feels like she's a cougar because she's 38. He is 46 38 47 so old i know so old the oldest um but she talks about you know kind of her fantasy at the pool the bar beside the pool and he overhears it and he approaches her friends make her fantasy a reality he approaches her friends and becomes the stranger in the night (gasps) that hooks up with her and blindfolds her and they spend their two nights in Vegas together, but she does not know who he is. They both return home, which they're both from Chicago. Oh. And about three weeks later, he walks into her office that she works at for the city of Chicago. She works in the zoning office and he walks into a meeting. And then she spills coffee all over him. <laughs> and then they have a really hot, like, kissing makeout scene in the bathroom, cleaning up the coffee. In the office? In the office. So it's intense. It is intense. Um, He is super protective. He's incredibly sexy. He goes out of his way to care for her without her knowing. It is a dark romance. It is mob. He is a member of the Russian mob. So check content, trigger warnings. Consent is not an issue in this book, but there is violence. Um, I can see why all the people love him because okay. he is intense. Um, okay. So one of the things that, uh, we don't want this episode to go super long. So one of the things I do want to just briefly touch on is that over on book talk, even though it drives me bonkers, the whole app drives me bonkers. Lee is obsessed with organizer TikTok. Um, it's, it's like cathartic weird um there are some there's some really important conversations happening over on book talk by um book talkers that are uh people of color and holding authors accountable for the things they say and i want everyone to go over there and to listen to these conversations you don't need to comment you don't need to say anything You just need to listen to these people who are sharing their stories and telling you why things are working and why things aren't working. Diversity matters. All voices are important. Um, And the things that they are saying are thoughtful. How they're saying. And how they're saying it are thoughtful. And I just think that it is important that we all hear these conversations and listen, truly listen. Um, I've learned a lot in the last two weeks and I just know that we all can do better as humans. Yeah. Um, okay. So kind of bookish roundup. This episode drops on Sunday of Labor Day weekend. We've got four months left of 2022. 
Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy when you think about it that way. I'm going to give you like five books that I'm waiting for, for the end of 2022. And then Leah will give you five books and then we'll go and finish all our other things. Um, so books of 2022 that I am beyond excited about. Mostly it's series. I can't wait for the tattered and torn series from Catherine Cowell to finish. We get two more books in that series, Mm -hmm. September and October. Lexi Ryan, every chance with you comes out in October. The Madigan mountain series. Um, It's, Three authors, Serena Bowen, Devney Perry, and Rebecca Yaros writing together. That's going to be really good. I am really excited for that one. Uh, Cohen by Sawyer Bennett comes out still this year, and I'm waiting for Kaylee Ryan's Kincaid family series. If you listen to our Never With Me quick shot of romance, you will know why I'm so excited. What kind of, what five books do you, are you excited to still come out? Honestly, I'm more excited for, it's, there's no specific book. Um, I, the Smarty Pants Fall release is coming and I'm excited for all of the books. Like we got to talk to a few of the Smarty Pants authors and like get the, the lowdown on all of those books. So I'm excited for those. Kennedy Mitchell's new series is coming out soon. Um, really all the suspense, just all the suspense. All the suspense. And then <clears throat> I, I don't even know. There's a lot of books, so many good books that are so coming. Many. I agree. Um, so I don't really have a book of the week because I spent so much time rereading for this episode. Um, so I don't I, have a book of the week. Do you have a book of the week? I don't because I reread and then I would go down the rabbit hole of reading the rest of the series. Like um, it was, but it honestly, I will say it was kind of nice because like it made me fall in love with these characters all over again. It was good to reread. I haven't done that in a long time because I don't typically mm-hmm. have time to reread. So making myself go back and read some of my favorites was really, really great and really helpful. So, well, and also too, it really emphasized like why we like these characters and why they are our book boyfriends and they still are our book boyfriends. And that was part of my fear is that I was going to read a book. I'll be like, Oh, I don't like him anymore. Yeah. But it didn't happen. Um, it also kind of, I've been slumping a little, so it kind of helped. Mm-hmm. with some slumping to be able to reread so yeah, i i often get out of a slump by rereading so okay patreon update time we are grateful for all our patreon supporters like hannah tina holly and kelly um we did recently update our patreon perks some of our perks now include monthly swag packs bonus episodes of should i read it and buzzing after dark drunk book club a merch discount quarterly reading journals um, another round episodes and coffee of the month club plus our new now happening bi-monthly author round tables mm-hmm. um, this month we're hosting our first round table discussion it will feature author jamie davenport her round table discussion will take place on september 14th details can be found at patreon.com slash bookcase and coffee you can join the community while helping to support the podcast by joining us on patreon we would really like to hit our goal of 40 patreons by the end of the year and you can find details at patreon.com backslash bookcase and coffee our next another round with duchess katie will be on september 25th 
and they are watching the Hallmark Hall of Fame movie, Rose Hill, and also reading the book For the Roses by Julie Garwood, in which the movie is based on. Stars a very young Jennifer Garner. (laughs) Very young. (coughs) Teen Jennifer Garner. Really? Yeah. So, anyway. We'll see. Interesting. Uh, September Drunk Book Club will feature community favorite author Sawyer Bennett. Uh, We are reading Codename Hacker. It is part of the Jameson 4 series. Book Club is on September 17th. You can find details on how to join us over on our website, bookcaseandcoffee.com. What are we doing next time, Leah? Next time, we are spotlighting author Mary Carr. Mary is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of contemporary sexy romances very sexy romances and romantic suspense novels so we are excited to talk to her it's going to be a good time because i have loved everything that i've read by her i yeah she writes thruples and she writes a great she writes a great thruple so i'm excited to get to Mm -hmm. chat with her um her books are very sexy and i like them a lot she has great characters Mm mm-hmm Okay. Um, well, that's, that's, I licked him first. Yeah. That's our full, I licked him first tour. Inaugural tour. Um, be on the lookout on our website and social media when we open up nominations for the girl crush in October. And be on the lookout for when the t-shirt hits the merch store. Yes. You absolutely are going to want to check out our merch store. It's linked on our website. It's over on Teespring. So, mm-hmm. Anyway, until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.